What's up, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of Life's a Garden. Big reminder to everybody out there, in two weeks, February 24th, my band Cutthroat will be opening up for Fake News at the pub station. Fake News is doing a tribute show to Allison Chains, and we are making our pub station debut. So if you haven't yet, please go out, get your, get your tickets, pubstation.com or at the pubstation box office. Um, we really, really want to fill this show up. Please come out, support local music, and I promise you, you will not regret it. It is sure to be a great show. Now, let's move on to our positive, motivational message of the week to get this show started off. And this week, we're talking about knowing your worth. Know your value. Now, this could come... You, you could think about this in a monetary standpoint. If you work hard, if you produce good quality work, then you should be compensated for that hard work. Know your value when it comes to the, the effort that you put in, in your job. And, and you should know what the compensation... The compensation should reflect the work you put in. Now, on the other side, know your worth when it comes to, ev- to society, to your family, to your friends. You should know the compensation that you deserve to receive based on the hard work that you put in to everyday life. Are you a good person? Are you kind? Are you loving? Do you, good, do, you do good deeds? If so, then your compensation should be that of respect, of kindness back towards you, love back towards you. You should feel, you should know based on how good of a person you are, whether or not your value is, is if you have high value. And so it's all about just knowing your worth. You know if you're a good person or not. And if that's the truth, then it should reflect in what people give back to you. And so that's, that's the message this week. Know your worth. Know your value to the world. And with that, let's get into today's episode. It is... Episode 189 of Life's a Garden. Getting her started off with a nice cold crush right there. Colorado brewed. Normally it's the Coors Light, but we're still sticking to Colorado. Cheers, guys. Now, by the time this is coming out, the Super Bowl is done and over. We know the results. Now, I don't know it as of the time of recording this, but as of this coming out, we will have known the results of the Super Bowl. So... In light of that, let me go ahead and just give you my reaction 
to either scenario. The San Francisco 49ers just won the Super Bowl. Hell yes. Great job. Cheers to the Niners. Um, good job on Christian McCaffrey having a great game, I would assume. Uh, congratulations to Brock Purdy on being the the latest draft pick as a quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl. Congratulations to Kyle Shanahan, son of Mike Shanahan. Congrats all around on a great game, a great victory by the San Francisco 49ers. Okay. Now, the Kansas City Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. Fuck! Christ almighty, are you kidding me? The Chiefs? Back-to-back Super Bowl champions, huh? This is this is the world I live in now, right? It's it's not bad enough I've had to watch these assholes get to the Super Bowl four out of five years. My least favorite team on planet Earth goes to the Super Bowl. Four out of five years in a row. And now they're back-to-back champs. Something only a select few teams, including the Denver Broncos, have ever been able to achieve. Now the Chiefs are in that category, and they have more Super Bowl victories than us. My God. I, 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 I'm, I'm at a loss. I can't stand it. Congrats to them, I guess. You know, I'm not going to be a, a complete sourpuss about this. But you know what? I'm just over it. They're the new Patriots. Good job, Taylor Swift. You, got, you, got your, you, you haven't won enough in this world, have you? Oh, no. You haven't won enough. So... And that's good acting, you know. Those are, I I haven't seen the results. I don't. We haven't. I haven't even watched the Super Bowl yet, as of the time of recording this. And that, that's that's what I call good acting, you know. I already have my premeditated reaction to no matter what the situation is. And now, and you know how I feel, regardless. Um, <laughs> no, uh, clearly, obviously, would do not want to see the Chiefs have have won the Super Bowl. They are my arch nemesis, my rivals. I cannot support them. I cannot root for them. As talented as they are, and I can recognize talent when I see it, I understand no shade thrown there, including Taylor Swift. I understand it's it's really the same thing. I understand that Taylor Swift is an immensely talented person. I just don't get it. I understand it. It's just not for me. You know what I'm saying? It's just not for me. And did you see all the all the f- crazy uh, connections to <coughs> the number thirteen? Because Taylor Swift's favorite number is thirteen, and uh, she has an album called Thirteen. Well, uh, so here, here's a few of the things that I that I heard. The Super Bowl, so Super Bowl fifty eight, five plus eight is thirteen. The Super Bowl is being played on February eleventh. Eleven plus two. 13. Um, fucking, what was the other one? Oh, uh, she's flying from Japan to Vegas. It's a 13-hour flight. This will be her 13th game in attendance this year. Uh, what was the other one with her? Uh, there, there was one more. Bi- oh. No. Another crazy. Oh, 100 minus 13 is 87, which is Travis Kelsey's number. Yeah, there, there's a few interesting things. However, the one thing they didn't mention, you know who wears number 13? 
Brock Purdy for the San Francisco 49ers. So let's see what happens there. Oh, yeah, 49ers. 9 plus 4 is 13. That's interesting as well. Oh, and the Chiefs are the 3 seed, and the Niners are the 1 seed, so 1 and 3. Yeah, there's a lot of... It, it is interesting. It is very coincidental, it would seem. I tell you what. It's almost like if the Chiefs win, it's like they're just throwing it in our faces that this is all rigged. It's too obvious. It's too, like, in our face that this is... It's, it's being played out. It's a story. It's not, it's not real. It's scripted. It, 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 it's like if the Chiefs win... That's all that's going to be talked about. So, fingers crossed that we're sitting here on a Monday celebrating a Niners victory. That's all I can say about that. Now, I am finally feeling better. Um, Your boy is on the mend. If you remember right, last week I mentioned that I was just getting over being sick. Well, that wasn't exactly true. I was still kind of in the middle of being sick. It it was like two weeks of of just a roller coaster. It was one thing after the next of being sick. Started off with a, another ear infection. I had an ear infection a couple months ago. Felt like I was like I definitely was getting another one. Luckily I still had some antibiotics from the first run. Took those, seemed to get rid of it. Well that turned into uh, congestion, and then which turned into a sore throat, which turned into a cough, and then that that involved a cough. I don't know if I had the flu or a cold, or or God forbid the vid. I don't think it was that, but either way, I got something, and it was this was the sickest I have been in a very long time, and it's not even that I was just so sick; it's that it was just it was long, it was annoying. Being sick absolutely sucks. It's the worst. And the problem with being sick is you feel like you're never going to get better. It's like, it could be three days and it feels like an eternity. I was trying to think back from when my throat was getting sore because it was on a, I know it was on a Tuesday that I realized I was getting a real, like a serious sore throat where I couldn't sing because Tuesdays are band practice days, right? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I believe it was Friday that I started feeling a little, like I actually started feeling better. I don't think I fully was better until Saturday. And and this this was last week. Um... I was trying to recall how long it had been because it literally felt like it felt like six or seven days I had been sick. I didn't realize it was only four. That's how miserable I was. I couldn't sleep because my th- every time I'd swallow, my throat would be on fire. Could barely talk. Like, I could talk, but it just hurt. I had a cough, phlegm coming up, and then... Even after all that, once I was past that, I was like, thank God I feel human again. I, I, I'm actually going to live? Are you kidding? I, I thought I was done for. Sinus infection. My sinuses are like right here on my face. Like I could feel it underneath. 
It was behind my eye, my into my nose, a little bit into my ear. My ear was still like kind of plugged up, and it felt like it was in my goddamn brain. It was so like congested and like sore. Like if I pushed down, if I felt like I got punched in the face. That's how infected my sinuses were. So I had to, I had to treat that. And now, finally, it's been about four days that I've, uh, I'd say like, not even four, I'd say three days that I've felt completely better. Thank God, it's, being sick is just the absolute worst. And like I said, you just feel like you're never going to get better. When you're in the middle of it, you're like, this is my life now. This is how it's going to be. How, how will I ever be able to enjoy anything ever again? Feeling like this. And then you finally start feeling better and you are the utmost grateful for everything in life, for all the small blessings. Yeah, when you're when you're feeling good, you need to like recognize that and understand how big of a deal that is that you actually feel good because it's ugh, I'm just so I'm I'm glad. I'm glad to finally be over it. Now, the other thing, not only was I sick, but I was working sick. I, like I said, it, st- it really started on a Monday is when it was, I, I was feeling not, not too well, but it, it ramped up on a Tuesday and went all the way to Saturday. So for that entire week at work, I was, I, I pushed through. There were several times I almost didn't go into work. There were several times I did leave early because I just couldn't do it. Now, you want to know the beauty of it all? You want to know the thing that was just the the greatest behind all of that, having been working sick? Tuesday, the worst of it. Now, it was going around. A lot of people at work were sick, including a lot of people in my department. Not even Tuesday. Starting Monday, one of my guys tells me, hey, I'm taking the week off. My boss is pissed about it. He, he's, he's like, what the hell? He just, you're supposed to give like three weeks notice. And my boss is like, well, what the hell? Why? He thinks he could just like take a week off at the drop of a hat. Well, it didn't matter. Cause he still gave him the weeks off or the whole week off. He didn't have to, he didn't have to approve his week off, but he did so much for being upset about it. Then my other guy, he, he's sick. So he doesn't show up to work. Wednesday or Thursday. I almost didn't show up to work Wednesday. Thank God I did because nobody, the only people that would have been there are, are a new guy and this other cat that barely fucking works when he's there. So all week we're shorthanded. I'm getting my ass kicked because I got to, we're trying to keep up on our work. Thanks. It worked out because we, just a mundane work shit, but uh, we haven't had as much work to do. So it, it actually worked out that there was less people there to like take up the work. Nonetheless, there was times it got busy and here I am sicker than a dog working my ass off. Right. And I don't know. I think I, I was frustrated that here, you know, I'm sick Everybody else is sick, but they're getting the days off. I'm working through it. I'm not pissed at them for taking days off. I understand. I'm just pissed that 
They ain't no sympathy for me. I'm not asking for sympathy. But it almost, it, in a way, and I might have just put this in my own head, to be honest. I felt unappreciated for pushing through and still going to work. It felt like I was being unappreciated for doing that. In a way. And like I said, I might have just made that up in my own head. I might have just like put that in my own brain. But I gotta tell you, dude. It's not just the sick thing. The sick thing was one thing. But work? It sucks, dude. Like, I hate it. I hate work in general. Not my job particularly. I don't mind my job. But the idea of work sucks. It's horrible. And for anybody out there who's, who's uh, well, oh, here's another thing about, about the, the whole work situation. Because for the most part, I mean, I've been at my job for about seven years now almost. For the most part, over six years, it's been pretty consistent. We've had our ups and downs, but it's mostly been ups. It's mostly been good, you know. I speaking on self worth. I got raises. You know, my, my hard work paid off. I was reciprocated in the work that I was putting in. I got great benefits. I have great coworkers. I have very little to complain about at my job. I live very close, so my commute is super easy. It's very flexible hours. I get paid vacations. You know what I mean? Like. There's very little I I should be complaining about my job. I don't like change. And at my job, we just had a huge change where the they they've changed the payment plans for our managers. So they've been riding riding our ass ever since January 1st. Because of this new payment plan, because of of the way things have been structured, there, it, it, it's it's uh, predicated on us getting cars out faster. Toyota thong is on. It's fully on. And you heard me right. I said thong because they are riding up my ass. Now, for anybody out there who, who might not, who that joke might have just went right over their head. Um, if you're new to the program or if you are unaware, I, I work at Toyota. So that joke might have flown over your head, but now you can appreciate it. Uh, I, I do work at Toyota. I'm a detailer, so I clean cars. I get cars ready for the lot. I, I also replace windshields. That's another thing that I do at my job. And um, But yeah, uh, Toyota Thong is fully on. It's up my ass, and they're, and they're not going away, it, it would seem. In addition, we just added a new guy to my department, which... He's fine. He's doing a great job. Problem is, everybody's stressed out because the workload has suddenly been divided from four to five people. So, so less mouths to feed because we get paid based on the job we do. So if we don't have work to do, we don't get paid. See what I'm saying? So the stress levels have been up at work. Uh... In pretty much every aspect, whether or not we're going to make the same amount of money as we once did, because we have less, we have more people there now, uh, because everybody's up our ass. Now, all that aside, all, all all these little complaints and you know whatever, I'll get over it and I'll and I'll be fine. 
let me tell you something about the car, the, the car business. Okay. Salesmen, you know, the adage, you know, the, uh, the whole, how salesmen have a pretty bad reputation for being sleazy or being, you know, liars, manipulative, just overall scumbags. Well, there's a reason for that. Stereotypes do exist for a reason. Now, no shade thrown at any of my coworkers. I'm not going to put out any specifics, but I think everybody kind of knows who's a good person and who's not. Who's a who's a who's a scumbag and who's not. Now, in seven almost seven years at work working at a car dealership, there's something I can tell you that I've discovered about salesmen, salespeople. And I've worked we've had a lot of salespeople over the course of my tenure there. Okay? People come and go all the time. So this might not be referring to anybody that I currently work with. No, couldn't be, couldn't be. There's something I've learned about salesmen. You can tell a lot about a person, who they are as a person, if they're a salesman. Because here's the deal. If you're a, if you're a salesperson and you're still a genuinely good person, after being a salesman, while being a salesman, if you're still a genuinely good person, that shows everything. That's your character right there. If you can be a salesman and still maintain being a good person, that, that's the ultimate test, really. Because I've seen a number of salespeople that start, they're super friendly, they're super nice, and all of a sudden... They get consumed by the job, by the lifestyle. And, and they ultimately, what I would say is, submit to their true personality. Which ends up being a raging piece of shit. You end up being a scumbag. You end up, see, you know, what the, you know what the real problem is I think I have with salespeople? And it might just be the dynamic at my job from what I do and what they do. Because trust me, there are a number of extremely nice salespeople at my job who I like because they are nice. Because even though they're in a very scummy business, they maintain being a good person. And it shows in their sales too. They don't screw as many people over. I mean, sometimes it's almost impossible to not screw people over in the car business. But they try to do good by their customers. And it reflects they're genuinely good. And then you have the salespeople who they'll sell you a fucking lemon knowing it's a lemon and absolutely sleep like a baby that night. They don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck knowing if you're driving a car off the lot knowing it needs a transmission. They don't care. If it has a broken windshield or if it has a bumper that's fucked up, they won't try to go out of their way to, to get that fixed for them or, or, or set aside an appointment. There's a, there's a very... There's a lot of salesmen like that. Now, I'll tell you this. In my, like I was going to say, my dynamic with salespeople feels like this. The, the genuine good ones aside, the nice ones aside, the rest of them, you know, the scumbags that I referred to, for whatever reason, have this superiority complex. 
like they're the like they're the 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 top dogs at the at the at, at work at the business they're the top dogs and i feel like they're trained to think that way like we're the face of the people we're the people that that the customers see <coughs> we're the 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 ones who are turning the the screws and getting people to buy cars and making the money we make all the money for the place <laughs> that's not true at all by the way there's two parts there's sales and there's mechanics we are technicians or or service there's the service department and the sales department both equally bring in a lot of money and i agree sales it takes it takes a certain person to be able to sell i'm not one of those people probably because i'm not a complete piece of shit because i can't just like sell uh, i can't be sleazy you know what i mean and again that's not to refer to all salesmen there's plenty of good ones out there but there's a lot of not good ones out there. And here's, the, and here's the last thing I'll say about it. To anybody out there who's a salesperson, car sales, we'll refer specifically to car sales. But this could also refer to other sales departments for sure. If you're a salesperson, whether you work with me or not, if you work at other dealerships or you work at other places, if you have to ask yourself, Am I one of the good ones or one of the bad ones? You already know the answer. There's no need to ask. You already know. If you have to genuinely think to yourself, hmm, am I one of the scumbags? Chances are, yes. Yes, you are. Uh, Oh, so rarely do I actually talk about work on this podcast. Generally, I don't like to talk about work. It's boring half the time. But it's just been like, lately, it's been a source of stress and annoyance in my life. Just recently. And I'm sure this too shall pass. It's just a phase. It didn't help I was sick and irritable. Doesn't help that we got the bosses breathing down our necks. Getting texts every day about this needs to be done and that, you know, and in all fairness, it's probably a good thing. You know, the, the new payment plan has forced our bosses into making sure shit's getting done. So it's probably a good thing. We've just been used to willy nilly getting shit done whenever we please. So this is how things should operate. I'm just not used to it and it's annoying. So, like I said, usually I'm end up talking about the band or I'll talk about other shit that's going on in my life. I very rarely let loose and talk about work. But now was the time because that Toyota thong is riding hard. Now, let's move away from this topic because otherwise I will just continue to rant this entire episode. <coughs> We got to say RIP to quite a few celebrities this the last couple weeks. Uh also this has been the this is the first time I've actually had a solo podcast in a minute, you know. We had a good run of guest podcasts there, so we got a lot of catching up to do as far as topics here on the on the solo episodes. So it's it's nice to sit down and actually get to uh get to do the one-on-one with me and y'all. So um anyway, 
yeah, we got some some celebrities passed away, some pretty big ones. Crazy enough, last week on the podcast, we were just talking about Carl Weathers, talking about Chubbs and and uh, when he was Apollo Creed and whatnot. Now, I do have to clear something up real quick. I did know that Carl Weathers was Chubbs. I had a momentary lapse of of thought. I I did know that they were the same person. I was getting confused with Lando Calrissian. For some reason, there was confusion and all that for me. Um, I I did I did in fact know that Carl Weathers was in the Predator and in uh, Rocky and also was Chubbs in Happy Gilmore. Now, as I said, we were talking about that last week on the on the Super Bowl episode, Super Bowl party episode. Which, by the way, go back and listen to that. Great episode. One of the funnest episodes I've been a part of. Um, And then the next day, dude dies. I can't even remember. I think he was sick with something. He had some kind of uh, cancer or something like that that he was battling. Some disease. So RIP to the legend uh, Carl Weathers. You know, great, great actor. Great movies. Classics. Was a athlete man played football dude was jacked and then uh recently law uh just very most recently uh toby keith passed away he had like a stomach cancer or something like that that he'd been battling i had no idea very young 62 i believe super super sad like honestly i'm not a huge country guy as you could probably tell you know i'm not a big country music fan but my sister is, and I'll say this. Growing up, she'd listen to all kinds of country, and Toby Keith was one of the few guys that I actually enjoyed some of his songs. Um, a lot of, like, older stuff, I guess. I didn't, like, the Red Solo Cup song, I wasn't really super into that. But, you know, the, um, what's the song? Uh, American Girls. And American guys, they'll always stand up and salute. They'll always recognize. Good song. Um, and he was kind of like a like a tough guy, almost. You know, like he was a he kind of was jacked in a way. And he the way you you know he wear the cowboy hat with the bandana. You know, he he just had that tough guy personality. And I always enjoyed Toby Keith. So, R.I.P. to Toby Keith. I paid homage to him last night by singing some karaoke the best way I know how. Sang some Beer for My, beer for my Horses. Great song, too. Crazy. Will, he sang that song with Willie Nelson, who is every bit 15 years his senior. Right? I mean, Willie Nelson's got to be 85, right? And he's still kicking. Damn. And last but not least... One that kind of flew into the radar. Celebrity death. Jesse Jane. Now, for anybody out there who does not know who Jesse Jane is, now I'll tell you right now, if you do know who Jesse Jane is, you know who Jesse Jane is. Um, adult film actress, Jesse Jane. One of the OGs of like the I would I would say she's one of the OGs of the internet era of adult entertainment she uh was featured on uh, i'll i'll always remember jesse jane 
as being featured on the cover of Drowning Pool's second album. If you know that album cover, now you definitely know who Jessie Jane is. I mean, gosh, she was a very big part of my childhood. <laughs> she made a big impact on my childhood, let me tell you what. Um, she, yeah, that Digital Playground, I think, right? That's one of the, I think that's the name of the, of the, um, production company that was big back in the day. I don't know if they're even around anymore, but, um, yeah, I mean, God, I certainly do remember yanking the old skin flute to, to, to many of her videos. And the thing about her though, I will say this, she she always was like very like biker chick to me. Like she reminded me like of a very like kind of leathery biker chick. She kind of like, she, she was one of the era where like super plastic surgery and not very well done. Like nowadays plastic surgery is like, like boob jobs and stuff are very nicely done. Hers were like pretty like, uh, let's say abnormal looking she had very abnormal looking tits they were very obviously fake if you know what i mean and they weren't like gigantic they were just like kind of oddly shaped and they looked like like solid as a rock in a way you know what i'm saying it was kind of like that situation plus oh god Sorry about that. I hate when shit pops up on the screen there. Uh, anyway. She, oh, she also had, like, like very obviously, like, lips done and, like, some, fit, you know, some Botox and shit like that. So, it, to me, that stuff is kind of not hot. I mean, I know when you're looking at porn, it's like, what do you expect, right? You're, they're going to be hot, but there's not, like, they're, they're obviously, like, actresses and they're and they're, like, over the top, right? The standard of beauty in pornography is is very different than the standard of beauty in real life. Even though now it seems like everything's getting blended together. But yeah, so. R.I.P. to uh, Jesse Jane, man. Childhood hero of mine. <laughs> Speaking of porn. Pornography. No, no, no. Not spe uh, specifically. Pornhub has been banned in the state of Montana. Because, well, yeah, I think it's effectively been banned because the state of Montana passed, a, I believe, don't, don't check me on this. I'm not quite up to date on my, on my uh, local state government bills that have been passed. But I, I do believe the state of Montana passed a bill that states uh, adult websites are, are now required to, you have to verify your age. Now, I don't know what the process of doing such a thing is. And Pornhub's like, nah, like we don't, we're not, we don't give a fuck about that. Like we're not, we're just not going to like, we're just not going to broadcast in your state. And I believe Utah just did the same thing, which is not very surprising. Now, my thoughts on this are honestly, I, I agree with it. I think it's good. I think you should regulate 
I think pornography should be regulated. I think people, you just like alcohol and and drugs and shit like that. You should be of a certain uh, mindset. Like your your you, uh, your brain should be of a certain developmental age that you can consume those things. It it affects you differently when you're a kid. Like drinking alcohol as a as a under the age of twenty one, under the age of eighteen, it affects your your development differently than once your brain has already been developed. Same with marijuana. There's studies that have proven this, and you know, pornography probably does the same thing. It it wires your brain differently to 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 like it makes you jaded towards women it gives you a false sense of expectation when it comes to sex and 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 the and the human body and and like beauty and things like that and what's acceptable like you you start diving down certain rabbit holes with porn where there's like physical violence involved and like spitting and just like the most vile shit is out there and at a certain age, I mean, shit, you start, you start watching normal porn when you're young, and it's exciting, it's great, it's fun. Trust me, I did it. I was watching porn when I was fucking 15, you know, 14, 15 years old. And yeah, it was awesome, it was exciting. I'll never forget the first time I saw a nude photo. It was in my dad's workshop. He just had like a, a naked woman up on the wall. I think I was eight. And I saw that, and I was just like, yeah, I like that. That's good. That makes that makes me feel a certain way. There's a primal thing that happens to you when you see a naked woman for the first time. And so it's like you start off when you're a kid and and yeah, you're probably just going to like look at normal shit. Like literally anything is exciting. Photo fo- fo- photoed tits is fucking amazing, right? When you're a kid. Like you can you see a titty in a movie? Dude, I can't tell you the amount of movies I stopped and rewound and paused because there was a titty and I, and I just was so fascinated and and just so like oh the the <laughs> the fucking uh girls gone wild ads that would come on Spike TV late at night dude I would stay up just to watch that because I didn't have access to the internet yet like that's how big that shit affects you as a kid and trust me I'm I'm not here advocating that kid like young let's say not kids let's say teenagers young adult not even young adults yes teenagers should express their sexuality they should ha- have some form of interaction with that stuff at a certain age they should be educated in this because then they they're not you know hopefully they're not acting upon a lot of this shit where they're going to have teenage pregnancies and things like that. Hopefully they're doing it responsibly. I'm not, I don't disadvocate for, for teenagers experimenting with shit like that. You know what I mean? Obviously underage sex is not right. Depend, you know, there's, there's all these like laws and shit. If you're two consenting young, young teen teenagers, they're both teenagers. You know, I'm not saying one way or the other about that, you know? I don't have kids, so I can't really... It's hard for me to even speak on shit like that. I just remember being a kid, right? I remember being that age. So I can only speak to that fact. Um, 
God, that really went on a weird tangent. Anyway, um, I don't disagree with, with, with the restricting of pornography. Like I said, I think you need to be of a certain mind, a certain developmental mind, to process things like that. Because like I said, you start with normal shit when you're young, and by the time you're an adult, like a, a young up-and-coming adult who's like 20, starting to turn 21 and getting in the world where like it's definitely more sexually active and and I mean honestly this is going to sound like disturbing as hell you're no like you're the most sexually active when you're in high school because there's you know you have so many guys and girls around each other maybe that's when you're the most sexually um maybe not active maybe that's the wrong word but that's when you're the most sexually like fired up right you're definitely sexually confused a lot at that time because you're getting puberty and all that shit. I guess you're probably the most sexually active around like at eight, eight between the ages of 18 and 25. It's probably when like you're the most like aggressively sexually active. Unless, you know, I mean, it varies. But I, I would say on a on a more like grand scale, right? So let's say you start off with pornography when you're young. And, and by the time you're, in your getting up to your twenties, the normal shit gets boring. So then you have to like up the game and start watching the wild dungeon porn shit. And now you're like sexual fantasies are just like off the charts. You know what I mean? It's not good is what I'm saying. It's not good that young kids are exposed to the most horrendous forms of pornography. And it's just in the palm of their hand. So I am, I'm, I'm, in favor of the restrictions. Now, do I think the whole verifying your age, I don't know what goes into all that. <clears throat> and I imagine Pornhub's like, dude, we're not fucking around with that because they know a huge amount of their clientele are 16 to 18 year olds. You know what I mean? That are just watching. But yeah, so... That happened. That's big in the news is all the old pornography. And God, I mean, you don't even have to go that far to, to see pornographic shit. It's like Instagram. Dude, Instagram? Let me tell you something. <laughs> this is going to sound very insulting, and maybe it is, but I'm just speaking the absolute motherfucking truth here. Ready? There are whores everywhere there are so many whores on instagram and and you might say well they're just they're just uh they're they're sex workers they're 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 trying to get that bag you know they're they're <coughs> they're given what the they're 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 using what the good lord gave them right you know they're they're um, entrepreneurs, and this is true. I've always said I have n I have the utmost support for women who choose to be in that industry. No problem with it all. Now the reason I call them whores is because they're literally whoring out content. I'm not saying they're necessarily whores for doing that, but they are by definition whoring out their content by being slutty, by dressing provocative, by doing the pause challenge, or, you know, the amount, 
and and I'm not complaining. Dude, my algorithm right now, my Instagram algorithm, if you flip through my Instagram algorithm on my reels, it would be there's it'd be three different things, okay? It's a combination of motivational slash com- like comedy videos. It's like either motivational speaking or hilarious comedic like stuff, clips from podcasts and things like that. <coughs> Sorry, I'm still kind of recovering from this cough. Um people apparently I don't know why this all of a sudden came into my uh Instagram feed, but it's like people dying. It's like horrific car accidents and motorcycle accidents and people falling off buildings and shit like that. It's like grotesque. I I have no idea how that like ended up in my algorithm, but I see a lot of that shit. And third is tits and ass. A lot of tits and ass. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you guys something that maybe you don't know about me. I love tits. They're great. I absolutely love them. I like looking at them. I like touching them. I love tits. They're just, they're great. I mean, who doesn't love a good tit, right? You know what else I like? This might come as a shock to you. Asses. I like asses. They are very nice. They're, again, great to look at. Great to touch. I'm a fan. I'm a genuine fan, okay? So, no surprise that that's what's in my Instagram algorithm. Now, the problem with that is... Now, the the, the good thing... Let's say this. The good thing about that is... I'm 30. The bad thing about that is... It's available to anybody who wants access to it. You could be 15 and be seeing that. You could be 10 and seeing that. There's no there's no barricade stopping that from being out there. And then they have an instant link in all their inst- Instagram bios taking you directly to their OnlyFans. Now, obviously, in most cases, you have to have money to access those. But it's just like it's just like this instant direct link to porn for anybody. Now, for me, great. For a child, nah, not so great. So, I mean, that's just a little rant on porn in in and of itself. I, I I'm not. I mean, trust me, as somebody who's been watching porn for quite some time do i think it has done good things for me not necessarily it is addicting it does trigger a dopamine effect in your brain luckily i'm not a freak and i don't like dive down those rabbit holes of of like piss play and and fucking like putting hooks in your back and whipping you till you bleed. Like, I don't like... That shit does not even remotely get me off. Like, I go softer than fucking Quilted Northern, right? And so, thankfully, that's the case. Nonetheless, 
it's not healthy. It's not healthy for your brain. It's not healthy for for your your sex drive. I don't think it's just healthy in general. And um, I, I don't dis. I don't. I'm not against regulation. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I gotta say about that. Um, you know who else really likes tits though? You know who? You know who apparently really likes. It's just jacked up on on sexual energy. Vince McMahon. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And for all of you out there who do not know who this gentleman is, he is the, or formerly was, the creator, the chairman, the CEO of WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment. He has been in the business for, God, I would imagine... 50 plus years, 40, definitely 40 plus years for sure. I'd say, I'd, I'd say 50 plus years. The guy's been in the wrestling industry. He solely like he, he made pro wrestling the juggernaut that it is right. He, he, he launched it and made WWE this massive super brand, a billion dollar corporate, like multi-billion dollar corporation with making stars think about the rock the rock is the biggest one of the biggest celebrities in the world right that's where you got to start was pro wrestling and it's essentially all majority thanks to vince mcmahon well vince mcmahon has found himself in quite a pickle um and it in honesty doesn't really come as a Huge shock, considering his age, considering guys of his age and fame and fortune and power end up doing very devious things. And there's almost been sprinkles, like there's been like little nuggets of hints throughout his time with the WWE and his being on camera of like some deviancy, some, some act where, where it doesn't come as a huge shock. Well, he's been accused of, of, uh, trafficking of, um, assault, sexual assault on, uh, this woman and uh, reportedly several others who have not really come forward. There's, there's apparently multiple, uh, people in, in, uh, that have been affected by this. A woman who worked at the WWE, he got her a job. Apparently, they they lived in the same, like, area or something like that. And he ended up, you know, getting her a job at WWE. But, like, there was all this, like, sexual, pro- you know, he, he was like, now, basically, like, me doing this favor for you, you got to do some favors for me, right? Um, it started off as a sexual relationship between the two of them, eventually morphing into him making her have sex with other people in the WWE, whether they were wrestlers, whether they were um, office people or other executives. None of that has really come out just yet. But dude, some of the details in this are just so wild. Like almost unbelievable to think that this was really happening. Now, Another thing to keep... No, okay, so so let, let me just, like... I'll, I'll, I'll hash out just a couple of the minor details here. Um, aside from, 
what I just told you, where he's like basically like pimping her out to other people. There was one claim that um, he was engaging with. Uh, she she was engaged in a threesome with Vince McMahon and another gentleman, in which Vince McMahon took a shit on her head and told her to continue performing for the other gentleman with shit on her head. Feces. That's wild. Um, There's like text messages that have come out that are just the wildest shit where he's talking about like, I would love, I'd love to see, I-, I-, I can't help but do the voice and it, it does make it more real, but it also makes it a little bit more funny. And none of this is funny. Let, let me just say that. Like, you got to find humor in the darkness, people. But just to clarify, there's nothing funny about this. But using the voice makes it a little bit funnier. Um, they're like, he's like, I'd love to see you with three big hulking black guys just railing you in every hole until you're convulsing. Until you're on the ground convulsing and spewing their come out of every orifice and then I would jack off on top of you. That's like not word for word, but that is um that's a like a pretty good like snippet of how that text message went. It was I I saw it and I was like, dude, this is fucking wild. He's talking about like passing her, her around to every exec like how he showed pictures to a bunch of executives at the WWE and they were just, and he was like, Oh, every one of them wanted a, to have a piece of you. I would love to pass you around to every guy in this office and just think of all the cum. I don't know what his deal with cum is. Like he's really into cum. It's bizarre. And then, and then this was a weird one. Apparently he has a plethora of sex toys that he named after wrestlers. So he'd be like, you know, stabbing her with a dildo like, oh yeah, this one's The Undertaker. Do you like the way The Undertaker feels going inside your ass? It's like, what? Like, that's that's an ultimate power move. Could you imagine being a wrestler and knowing your boss has... Like, a whole drawer full of dildos, and one of them is named after you? If you're Stone... <coughs> you're Stone Cold Steve Austin, and you're just chilling on your ranch, and you and you come to discover your old boss has a sex toy in his drawer, and it's named after you. What the fuck are you supposed to think about that? That is crazy shit. Now, the even more wild thing about this is apparently these uh, these activities, these text messages, the 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 crazy like he would he would like have sex with her in the office, and like just just absolute depravity and just the the worst kind of sh- stuff going on here, right? These were, all this shit was apparently happening between, like, 2018 and 2022. Vince McMahon is 78. Which means 
All this shit was happening when homie was in his 70s. That is an absolutely revved up old dude. That, I mean, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine being that horned up at the age of 70. That's just, to the extent that he is, that's absolutely wild to me. Now, not to, I'm not, before I make this statement, I just want to make it very clear. I am not trying to victim blame here, right? But I do have to say this. In the case of this woman who came forward, not, nothing, nothing excuses the absolute depravity and the absolute like heinous things that Vince McMahon has done with this woman or to this woman. However, there was a, apparently a lot of exchanging of money and gifts. I, I believe there was a car that was gifted to this woman. Um, she was, she, she signed an NDA, which, which resulted, which was also going to result in her receiving a payment of $3 million to, it was basically hush money, right? To make sure she wasn't going to speak. Now you don't pay somebody hush money if you're not afraid of that. The things you did with that person weren't heinous, right? So clearly there's, there's already an admission of guilt here by Vince McMahon. But this was happening for five years, four years. All this shit was going on. And she didn't do or say anything about it. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, I understand. And I'm not here to, like, try and question her her uh, testimonies. Or I'm not trying to question her, her moralities or anything like that. But it. It, especially in today's society when, like, I feel like people, especially women, are, like, empowered to speak out on, on actions like this, on, on, on heinous things, and, and, like, the Me Too movement, that was, like, one good thing that came out of the Me Too movement was it gave people a voice to be able to, like, know that they're not alone, and things like that, you know? It would seem in today's society, it'd be a little easier to speak out on something like that. Now, I know, every victim's different, everybody processes trauma differently. So that, I'm just thinking this out, okay? I'm just thinking this out. I'm not excusing anything. I'm not saying she's wrong for anything. But she did accept a lot of those gifts. And now that the gifts ain't coming, the, war, the, the mouse, you know, she's starting to talk. I don't know. I'm just saying. Seems a little suspect. Nothing is ever what it seems. You know what I mean? And like I said, doesn't excuse anything he did. Any of that. Especially, like, the the forcing her to, like, sleep with other dudes for fear of, like, losing her job and, like, and, like, fucking up her reputation, you know? Like, that's all pretty... That's pretty fucked up. And, and I'm sure there was, like, other mental torment and mental, like, uh, fucking abuse that was going on from him to her. But, you know... Regardless, the whole situation is absolutely wild. Now, here's another thing I'll say, to, just to finish this whole thing out. As I said, the guy's 78. And, and you know, seemingly is in a, in a world of trouble, you know, on his, on, on his doorstep. 
if you're 78 and you're and you're just now like being found guilty of all this like cra- you if if this was going on now could you imagine what was going on in the 90s or or the or, or the early 2000s like guys people don't just become sex crazed psychopaths they usually are already you know what i mean so you can only imagine this has been going on for a very long time with many different women right he's no spring chicken it doesn't seem like when it comes to things like this and now he's he's done you know his reputation is fucking in the dirt I mean, I don't know if you can like tarnish his legacy because it's already it's in stone, right? He created one of the biggest companies in sports entertainment. His reputation will forever be tarnished. But you can't help but think, dude got away with it. You know? It doesn't matter like what fines he has to pay. It doesn't matter if he does jail time, if you know, how much time does he have left? At most 20 years. At most. I mean, you made it to almost 80 before you got in trouble. I mean, you got away with it. If that's the case, you got away with it. Even if you go to jail. You're you're an old man. You're not you're not going out and like doing anything. You're 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 done anyway. By the time you're 80, you're just like chilling anyway. So, the guy got away with it. And that's unfortunate, but seemingly it would it would stand to say if you're 78 and you got and you're finally getting caught for some crazy shit, you got away with it, man. And I mean, once he's dead and gone, yeah, his reputation, his all that shit is is dead in the water and it's 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 nothing. Don't matter to him. He's gone. He like by the time he's dead, he he did all his shit. He did all his wild crazy shit. He had his fun and he never got, you know, he basically got away with it. And that's just wild to think about, man. So, and I'm not happy about it. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, that, that's just the, the fact of the matter. So, damn. Cool. Cool. We love ending episodes on a dark note. That's the way we like to do it. That's why we call this show Life's the Garden. It's about making you just think about the hor- most horrible things in your day. And then sending you on your way. You know, that's how we like to do it here on the podcast. <laughs> Hopefully you found some entertainment in it all. Hopefully there was a couple laughs to be had. Um, and yeah, I thought this was a fun episode. I'm glad you guys stopped by. I'm glad you listened. Thank you so much. Uh, please make sure to like, share, subscribe, follow. Don't forget about that show. February 24th, Pub Station. It's going to be a good time. Please get your tickets. Love to see you out there. Uh, know your value, know your worth, know your value. And, um, and if you think your value isn't quite up to standard, Hey, you just need to up your value. You just need to do, do things to, to make yourself more valuable. And that's all it takes, man. So with that, I will see you guys next week. Have a great week. Hopefully you had a good Super Bowl. Um, and we'll see you next time. But don't forget, life's a garden. Dig it.
garden, dig it. You 